Welcome to Valorus. Located in the southwestern hemisphere in the world of Aranus, Valorus is not a traditional kingdom. Its leader, known as the Prime Seer, is selected once every seven years by a parliamentary body of 200 elves known as the Convocation, in a process called the Arana. The current Prime Seer is Nissa Valifar, who in her fourth term is beloved among the elves and a polarizing figure amongst non-elves. The Prime Seer spends their entire ruling life in the city of Bardrin, effectively the capital city of the realm. From there, the Prime Seer communicates through a series of advisors, security personnel, and divination magic. The climate here is very tropical. Lush forests and dense jungles surround the Sunwalker Mountains, a large, continent-spanning mountain range that almost divides Valorus completely in half. Our story begins in the city of Danad, approximately 50 miles inland from the Elsandi Ocean on the western side of the realm of Valorus. The elves in this realm have not always been the most fair and benevolent leaders. Prime Seer Valifar and her appointed Second Seers and Tersiers have always tended to favor those of elven blood in legal and civil matters, leading to a long history of civil unrest among the other races. With tensions coming out of the Jessos Uprising in Usoa to the north, and sightings of gods fighting in the sky all along around us, martial law has recently been instituted in all major cities in this continent. After sundown, no business save for government buildings are allowed to operate, nor are any civilians allowed on the streets, even though this is often waived for the elves, especially wealthy ones who can pay the fines. At the time our story begins, an underground rebellion has begun to brew. adventure today focusing on a strange creature making her or its way through the Jorzeas district. A creature humanoid in size but a mass of wood and metal walking on two legs. Root-like cords acting as muscle strain against the exoskeleton as this figure strides through the Black Mound marketplace. The outdoor marketplace in Danad, where if you have coin you can purchase almost anything, not all of it legal. Dave, you want to introduce yourself? I am Eleanor. I am a Warforge Jorgonaut. Uh, I was used, I was primarily created to be a killing machine at the time when Dragon Throne was attacked. When it was over, my creator wanted to figure out what to do with all the Jorgonauts. Unfortunately, none of them seemed to have had the temperament to do anything other than kill. So they were being used for menial tasks. I was the only one that had any sort of, I guess what you call, intellectual curiosity. And he taught me values of good and peace and appreciation of nature. So naturally the path of the paladin made complete oh. sense to me. I'm kind of tall, six and a half feet. I weigh about 350 pounds. The color of my eyes will tend to show you my mood or emotion ranging from lime green to dark seaweed. Right now, I am at sea foam. I am awake and I'm fine. 
I do feel pain and anger and fear. I can get hurt, but I don't need to eat or sleep or breathe air. And I'm on my way to the Purple Star. I have some business with the owners of Same. Uh, people are backing out of your way, not used to seeing a Warforge walk through the center of town. Warforge being native mostly to the northeast region of Usoa, where the technology to create Warforges originated. And it's a very new technology, so it hasn't made its way across the realms yet. Okay. You catch children staring at you as their parents grab to pull them out of the way. Most of customers and merchants giving you a wide berth. Not necessarily out of fear, but just almost like just frozen. Like, no, I don't, I don't, unknown, unknown. Only one person dares approach you. And you pass a booth selling a variety of cured meats and spice cakes. You're approached by a halfling man. Very tan, especially for a halfling. Wearing a white, long white tunic and thick black curly hair with a black bushy mustache. And he approaches you. Oh, well, hello there. I've never quite seen a Warforged before. How did you get so far uh, for the south? I uh, let alone out of Usoa. Well, my friend, I really can't explain too much. I'm here on business. You do have a lovely stand, though. Allow me to introduce myself with a flourish of his tunic. My name is Manzi. Manzi Dabula. I am from Chittaden, a large village in Zarafo. I could make much coin with this lovely armor that you are wearing, and he goes to touch you. I would suggest that you don't. Oh, apologies. I do not mean to be so forward. It's just... I am also a, say, in addition to my meat and spice cake, I'm also a purveyor of technology. And I could make quite a bit of coin with someone like you, huh? What do you say? Partnership? My friend, alas, I must decline. My business here does not include any personal jobs. Would you happen to know how to get to the Purple Star? He persists for several minutes before finally realizing he's barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. And his demeanor immediately changes and he gets like this sour look on his face. And he very quickly turned over there and walked that way that few miles into that. And he just does a quick turn with a... I thank you, sir. A tunic flourish and he goes back. I hope we see each other again soon. Perhaps we will, huh? And he just does a flourishing back behind his, his counter. Okay. We move away from this scene as our focus shifts to another figure entering the city. Also strange and alien to the citizens of Dinad, but for vastly different reasons. As many citizens here have never seen a Goliath before. Anthony, if you want to introduce yourself. Sure. I'm 6'11", between 275-300 pounds, depending on the season. I color black, wear black leather pants, studded leather armor, very large leather wool overcoat with hoodie. Of course it's black. <laughs> so you're, you're more of a baseball player build, Goliath. Yes. Okay. Um, and you immediately realize you took the wrong gate as you enter the wealthiest part of the city, the Iljara district. And you, it, everywhere you look, it is nobles, it is fancy restaurants, it is upper-class taverns, and you feel very far away from home. Mm. Having been um, mountain-born and wilderness-bred, a, a wealthy part of the city is... Cities alone are not your bag, let alone a wealthy part of the city. Now, with your passive perception, which I believe is 11, right. you notice three figures begin following you. 60 feet away, 
not getting closer, but they are pacing you. A halfling, a human, and an elf. Hard to tell gender from this part away, but you can definitely see a short, bowed halfling, humanoid size, and those are elf ears beneath that cloak. 60 feet away. What do you do? Well, I'm good at 30 feet, so 60 feet, something in my body, which I'm trying to understand myself, I feel feel something happening. I notice the images, and there's three of them, and mm-hmm. I just, I just came to this area, and now I'm feeling this feeling that I'm trying to understand and control, but I will keep an eye on them. Okay. I'm learning how to control whatever it is that's within me. Got it. And every couple of minutes you check behind you and they're still there. You speed up, they speed up. You slow down, they slow down. And they never come closer than 60 feet. They are keeping a 60 foot berth. Every now and then your hand will drop underneath your your wool cape. Mm -hmm. Okay, crossbows there, bolts are there. Okay, just checking. Gives you a little bit of comfort to know your weapon is right there if you need it. Mm -hmm. And then as you get within about half a mile of the purple star, you check and they're gone. And you make another few turns and you get onto the main road that leads right to the Purple Star Tavern and you look and they seem to have left you alone for the time being. You just do a quick little shrug, pull your cloak around your shoulders and begin making your way toward the tavern. As we meet another creature in this tale. As a human female lies on a patch of grass in front of the Temple of Kelimvor in the Torbolos district. As your eyes open and look around, you're trying to get your bearings. Mom, if you would like to introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Kara Vyra, and I am maybe 5'3", maybe 120 pounds. My hair is very, very white, like a platinum with two braids. My eyes are almost white, that, that kind of blue that turns very, very light. And my most distinguished mark is a scar for me from one ear to another Ooh. under my neck. Oh. Outside of there's a little bit of confusion about her. When you look at her, you feel that she's confused. Okay. And you're trying to get your bearings because one minute you were where you were. Mm-hmm. And now your eyes open and you're laying on the grass in front of the temple. And you sit up, brush the the grass off of your scale mail armor and you look around as you rise from your place in the grass and you see the eyes of several acolytes of the temple level on you and they all appear dumbstruck in shock as if one moment you weren't there and the next moment you were and you look up at the building at the temple and it's the building itself is just stone and mortar but looking at it soothes you and the longer you look at it the more centered and focused on your goal you feel People move from your path as you begin to progress past the temple and into the city. And you don't know the exact location or even the full scope of why you have to attend this meeting. You just feel compelled, like a radar, almost like a magnetic pull being pulled toward it. This feeling going off inside your head that this is the next step towards your goal. And with that, you trust in Kelimbor, and you begin to move forward as people get the F out of your way. Wow. We go back to the Jorzias district, with all eyes focused on this large, metal-like humanoid figure walking several dozen feet ahead. A shadowy figure sneaks past prying eyes, keeping to the darkened corners and alleyways of the Jorzias district. Laura, you want to introduce yourself? 
I am. I am. Uh, I appear humanoid. I, I, um, I visually, would look like a human woman. I'm very small and petite, five four at the most. Pale skin, dark eyes, and um, very very pale. Um, like yeah, like a light blonde, like almost white hair. She's dressed in all black, very formal looking. She's in a long dress, long sleeves, high neck. In a tropical environment, she definitely would stand out. She, um, as she would move past you, if you were to bump into her, she is icy cold and does not give off any body heat. As she moves through, she she tries to um, stay um, unseen, but is completely unfamiliar um, with the concept of a marketplace, doesn't really understand what's going on, so she'll linger, stare, if somebody catches her staring at them, she'll try to um, move on quickly as she makes her way through. Okay. Okay. So what's or in role what's, play. what's the cat? What's her name? What is your name, Laura? Lilith. 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 It even sounds. That conjures up images of super, yeah. supernatural yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that name. Okay. Okay, Lilith. Always having been more comfortable in the shadows. All the attention on that strange metal creature walking through the city gives you the perfect cover to survey your surroundings as you move toward your meeting location. You pass the part of the city where the smaller piece of Titan's Reach fell, destroying two resident buildings completely, and the better part of an additional two. Titan's Reach being the highest peak of the Sunwalker Mountains, so got its name because it looked like an arm coming straight up out of the mountains with five spikes basically spires well during the god war two of those i shouldn't say the god war because the god war is still happening during one of the battles of the god war two of those broke off the smaller one landing in the Jorzias district mm. and destroying two residential building buildings completely and the better part of another two while boulders the boulders and much of the rubble has been cleared the area is still considered unsafe and cordoned off by the city guard. Lilith, what's your passive perception? It's a 12. Okay. Maybe it was just a trick of the eye, but you thought for a split second there, as you're passing the, the rubble, something seemed to move in the dust. Just for a split second. And you turn and look, and when you focus, all you see is destruction, and all you hear is silence. Okay. But for a split second there, and you can't shake it, you have this weird feeling that it wasn't a trick of the eye, that something moved. And when you focused on it, nothing. Okay. And you just kind of shrug that off. You make a mental note to yourself and you begin making your way toward the purple star. Okay. We move from the shadows to the crowds as another figure makes her way through the city, this time in the Lingen Hall district. Kristen, would you like to introduce yourself? Oh. Sure. A very, like, late teenage-looking, petite, about no more than 5'5", five, five human female. Um, has these stunning emerald green eyes. She's a little bit tan, like she lives in the area. You wouldn't characterize her as, like, scantily clad, but she is, in her dress, a little bit more revealing. You could tell that, you know, 
she's wearing something it's all green for this tropical area green and gold and when you look at her it's almost like unworldly pretty like she she's pretty but it's not something that looks almost natural and she has this long red hair and she wears this sigil necklace and if you look very close on the necklace you see a fox with many different tails coming out of the symbol of the necklace. And and her... Hello, my name is Lorelai. Lorelai. Oh boy. All right. Somehow it matches. So your hair in the photo is like a reddish. Is it like a red auburn? Like, or is it flaming red? Um, more like the picture, very, just like reddish. I wouldn't say flaming red. Okay. All right, so more of like a nice auburn. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and also, you... she has a peacock feather in her hair. Of, of course, course she does. She has a lot of <clears throat> peacock feather. Oh, yes, and she's... <laughs> and Dee still has hers. I still have mine. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? It just happens to match your outfit. It's... Lorelai, as you walk past the blacksmiths, tanners, woodcarvers, and stables of this part of the Nod, you look as out of place as you feel. Having the opposite experience of Morpheus as having been not necessarily noble, but having been used to a city, you're not necessarily used to being in the harder-working, bluer-collar district of the city. So you sort of move your cloak about you as, and kind of just keep to yourself as you make your way through the city. And no one is really necessarily getting out of your way, but they're not trying to block you either. It's sort of like... just. Being in a subway in New York. It's everyone's just kind of got their business. and mm-hmm. But suddenly a human woman, old human woman, crosses your path. Walking down the steps of her home and into the street, she happens to cross right in front of you and you hear her. Fifi! Here, Fifi! Where did you go? Fifi! And she just walks right in front of you. Okay. Uh, do I get any sort of feelings from her? As you begin to look on her... As you begin to look at her, she turns and she notices you looking, and she says, Oh, have you seen Fifi? Who is Fifi? Oh, Fifi's my little cat. She seems to have gotten away again. She's been away for some time, though. I can't find her. Have you seen her? No, ma'am, I haven't seen her. Oh, okay. If you do, please tell her I'm looking for her. Fifi! (laughs) And she begins walking across the street and just, Fifi, where are you? Okay. (laughs) 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 And with that attitude, Lorelai just brushes herself up and makes her way through the Lingenhall district toward the Purple Star. And finally, our focus comes to a different part of the Lingenhall district, where an unusual family is squatting in an old lampmaker's shop. Victoria. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. I have a whole description. I've been thinking about this forever, so it's long. Hold on. Okay. So in this, like, very quiet and dusty lamp maker shop, you see a family of tabaxi. There's four small children, three little girls and a boy. And the boy is the older. For those of us who don't know, what are tabaxi? Tabaxi are half cat, half human. 
You look like this. I look like that. I am about 12 years old. I'm about 12 years old. My name is Spot. Spot. Um, well, I go as Spot. Okay. I am a boy. And let's just say I'm very light on my feet. And I am very quick. Quick to hit you. Quick to punch you. Quick with a, a nasty comment. And very quick on my feet. I am very, very dirty. I have, like, um, it looks like I used to be well-kept, but now my oh. hair is actually knotted and nasty and, like, almost looks like dreads. Oh. My fur is very dirty. You don't really know what color it is. Um, my clothes are ripped. My <clears throat> ears are too big for my body. My feet are huge. And mm. you can tell that I'm, just by looking at me, you could tell that I'm a young boy who had a growth spurt recently so um, i'm about five foot but I'm, I'm young i'm about five foot yeah and that's about it okay cool and you are leaving your house yes mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay oh you're leaving your shop I'm where leaving, you are currently squatting i'm leaving the shop i'm currently squatting in and i am i'm sneaking out away from my younger sisters who are there i'm sneaking out Okay. I don't want them to see me leaving, and then um, my my. Oh, I mean, I'll tell you, I'm I'm going out scavenging for food. Hmm. Okay. You make your way out of your shop through the city. Do you head straight for the town? Um, I being will, the only one so far native to the city. I will look around in the streets and see if I can find any bits of like coal or anything like that to put in my slingshot. And as I'm walking around, I'm going to I'm going to take my time and I'm going to try to avoid any police officers I see. But I will try to get there late. Okay. Because I want to sneak in when the room is full of people. Let's do the first roll of the game. Make a stealth check. Oh! oh. Level one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Oh. <laughs> Eight. Eight total? Yeah, I rolled a three. Ouch. And yeah, you pick up some coal, which is in the street, so mm-hmm. it's no big deal. And you you pass by a noble woman, and her coin purse is just sitting right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I get it? You reach out to grab it, and right away you hear, You there! Hands to yourself! And you look up, and there's two city guards who begin... I put on the jets. Okay. I put on the jets. I do my feline agility, and I move 60 feet. With lightning speed, this cat person, almost like the Flash, and they don't have a prayer of catching you. And you know this city better than any of these guards. You're able to dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge into an abandoned building, out the back lot, over a fence. They don't have parkour. You've done this a time or three. You parkour your way, and lo and behold, you're out of the Lingenhall district and in the Iljara. I want to be like Aladdin, where I'm smug about it. Okay. I'm <laughs> like, bitches. <laughs> yeah. You drop over the side of a fence. You look at the fence. <laughs> okay. And you begin making your way toward the Iljara district. And you can see the purple star. And one by one, you see a metal and wood humanoid walking toward the purple star. And coming from the other side of the, of the, of the road, you see this long, lean goliath with a furry cape and a leather hood and coming from that corner you see this 
very pale human woman uh, with a scar on her neck and dark braided hair. A white white platinum. With white, two braids. white platinum. Platinum two braids. braided uh, with braided hair, excuse me. Yes. Another human looking figure, this one very dark, very shadowy, trying to be sneaky, but you see her. Mm. And another human figure, this one not dark and shadowy at all. <laughs> no. And very great bright and bubbly. Ish. Does she look like she has money? Yes, a little bit. Ooh, I start rubbing my paws together. <laughs> <laughs> and all of them, one by one, make their way toward the Purple Star Tavern. And because you said you wanted to purposely arrive late, I'm making you the last one. Okay. And one by one, and you, how long do you wait before you approach? If, like, the meeting... I don't remember what time I heard the meeting was supposed to start, but I'll wait until nobody's arrived for at least two or three minutes, and then I'll walk in. Okay. You wait until after that that last human woman who seems like she's got a little bit of money with her, with her long red hair. She enters the tavern, and you wait a few minutes... And you stand up, and you begin making your way toward the Purple Star. And we'll do the meeting in Chapter 2. Oh. Okay. Okay.